a good Wednesday to you all. And thank you, Awkward Family, for, once again, a lot of great responses and feedback from our podcast last with Mark Brannon, uh, Executive Director of Illuminate Ministries, and our conversation about neighborhood needs and the ministry that's going on there in Southwest Fort Worth. Also, several of you have requested that I mention that this podcast is a part of a greater ministry, Courtyard Ministries, a ministry that I have recently started, and this podcast is just a piece of that. And so I appreciate you guys inquiring about that or at least asking that I talk about that because it's not something I want to just throw out there and advertise all the time, but it is a ministry that is ongoing, courtyardministries.com. This week, uh, my sister-in-law, Leslie Williams, this is a, just a, a real raw kind of uncut, unfiltered discussion. You can hear probably some kids playing in the background when they were here visiting us last week, broke out the podcast equipment and got to record this conversation it's really awesome there's some alarms going off in the background that you'll hear and things like that just a real awesome authentic conversation with her about her journey and what that's about so I look forward to you guys hearing that conversation and once again thanks for the support so hey Leslie welcome it's gonna get Yeah. A smidge, not too bad. Okay. Right. So, this is my sister-in-law, Leslie Williams. Thanks for doing this. Sure. Okay. Thanks for asking. Uh, you're welcome. Um, so, starting off. Were you, where were you born, raised, a little bit of your childhood? Okay. So I was born in Jasper, Texas, which is Southeast Texas. Um, grew up there, graduated from high school there, and then left to go to college. Um, a little north of there in Marshall, and ended up graduating from there and taught a few years in that area, and then ended up moving back home, and I've kind of been in that area ever since. What took you to Marshall? Like, did you look around other places, or was that? Yes. So my whole life, I wanted to go to Texas A&M. That was my goal. Um, that is what I had my head, my head and my heart set on. Um, but then my senior year of high school, I went to camp at uh, East Texas Baptist University, and as soon as I was there, I just knew that that was where the Lord wanted me. That was where I was supposed to be. And so I kind of shifted gears and changed plans and ended up going to college at ETBU. Got it. Because I didn't, I, I don't think I ever knew that part of what yeah. took you to Marshall. So, okay. So you're teaching mm-hmm. right out of college. You mm-hmm. got a job where? In Jefferson which is like right by Marshall. I had a really great lady that I student taught across the hallway from. Her husband was the elementary principal, and he invited me and one of my very best friends to come and teach for him, and we taught for him for a couple of years, and she decided she was going to move back home to the Dallas area, and so I moved back home as well. So when you went to college, did you know you wanted to be a teacher? Or yes. was there other thing? All no, that's all I've ever all, wanted to okay. be. Okay, mm-hmm. got it. There's pictures of me when I was like three years old and I had all of my stuffed animals and dolls lined up on the couch and I had a little easel and I was teaching away at that age. Like I've never playing school. Yeah. Never wanted to be anything else. So leave, you leave Jefferson Mm -hmm. and go to Jasper, back to Jasper. Um, not really willingly either. It was one of those things where I didn't really want to stay in Jefferson because all of my friends were, kind of going in different directions and I didn't have any family there, but I didn't really feel led to go anywhere else. So I ended up going back home, which was funny because that October after going home in August, I ended up meeting Justin. So my husband, your brother. That's right. Okay. Yep. So you teach in Jasper for a little bit Mm -hmm. and then you move from there. Yes. Um, So I actually taught in Jasper for a year. And then we had a family friend who was a superintendent in Beaumont at a charter school. 
and he invited me to go teach for him for a year. So I went down there and that's kind of when Justin and I decided like this was it. We were going to eventually get married and all the things and we wanted to raise our kids kind of back close to our families. And so I ended up moving back to Jasper after that. I stayed there for I think four or five years before I moved to Kirbyville to teach in Kirbyville. So you're married now Mm -hmm. and you're you're already so y'all got married and you're still teaching in Jasper. Mm-hmm. Then then you moved to Kirkville. yes. So I taught in Jasper for two or three years after we were married, um, and then we had Emerson. Got it. And Emerson was like three weeks old when I went to Kirbyville. Okay, mm-hmm. that seems like crazy that she was so little when you moved to Kirbyville. Yep. So you've been at Kirbyville how long now? I just finished my 10th year. Oh my gosh. Okay. So 10th year. And what all have you done in the Kirbyville school system? So for eight years, I was a third grade teacher and then I moved to be the instructional technologist. And last year, um, right before school started, they still needed an assistant principal at the high school. And so I was moved to be the assistant principal there. Um, was really scared and hesitant at first, but ended up really feeling like that's where the Lord meant for me to be. And so this year, this school year, I'm going to be the principal at the high school. The big dog at the high school. (laughs) Yeah. So that's where you are now Mm work-wise. So now talk to me a little bit about like your faith, your spiritual journey from, I mean, you said third grade. Yeah. <laughs> we'll st- no. yeah. You got to start there. Yeah. But like, you know, like what was, where do you feel like your, your real, I wouldn't even say real journey, your journey with God kind of began uh, relational wise. And then you can talk about the deepening of that, of, of course, but like what, what age was that? Okay. Um. So I was in the third grade when... I guess you want to kind of quote unquote got saved. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just when I think I just understood the dynamics of like Jesus dying on the cross allows you to go to heaven, you Mm -hmm. know, and it was very much a, I don't want to go to hell (laughs) kind of situation. And so when you talk about relationally, that really hit when I was probably around 16 or 17. Um, I had a really good friend in high school, and man, she just had this relationship with Jesus that I don't think I'd really ever seen before in somebody my age. And I had a youth minister and his wife who were really intent on building disciples, like Mm. discipleship was their primary focus. And so they kind of took us and taught us how to have a relationship with Jesus. And that made a huge impact on my life. And I think that kind of allowed me to follow the Holy Spirit's prompting in going to ETBU mm. and not following that dream of going to A&M and things like that, that, that opened that door for me to, to understand those things and to follow those promptings and to kind of have that relationship there. So even then and through college, there was a lot of legalism. I think I battled, um, Well, I don't want to say battled. It was more about being good and making good choices Mm -hmm. and being right and, you know, all of those types of things and not so much about a relationship. There were aspects of having a relationship there, but it it was really heavy on the legalism. I'm not going to lie. And then kind of once I was finishing up college, left college, I guess if you want to say I kind of went through like a a dark night of the soul type situation, it was probably that time. Um, I wasn't really plugged in in a church. Uh, I don't know. It just, it felt like there was a lot of silence from God during that season of life. So I was 22, 23, somewhere around there. Um, And then... I kind of struggled with that for a while, just feeling like I was out of the rhythm. And I think that bubble of um, being at a a private Christian college and Mm -hmm. being in a youth group and all that stuff, that bubble kind of burst. And it was really more about 
me and not necessarily matching the environment around me. Um, and so I struggled with that for a little while. And then, um, I'm trying to think, I so guess. we'll pause right there just okay. in, just in the, cause I feel like even when you're 22, are you really, a, I mean, I know you're adult, I know, but, but you're not an adult, right? So right. there's that age where, you know, you're still, and I don't know, and we don't even have to talk about all that, but like, you know, where you're writing your parents' faith, um, do you feel like yours was a lot of your own faith, even in youth group? Yes. Not writing parents' faith or they're, no. they're making you go to church and all that stuff. Cause a lot of mm-hmm. us did that too, right? No, I think it was more of my own, but it was also kind of just a sense of, I thought that that's what good people do. Right. Um, it was more the culture around me, not necessarily my parents. Um, but it was more just, I wasn't a real big party kid or anything like that. And so that's what you did. So you grew up Baptist. Mm -hmm. And so what, what steered you into that tribe of folks? Was that just an influence of people you knew? Yeah, family. My mom's dad was a Baptist preacher. Okay, all right. Um, And so my dad's side of the family is actually Methodist. He grew up Methodist. But, um, yeah, so just kind of influenced that way. So now you're in college Mm -hmm. and... At a Baptist college. At a Baptist college, (laughs) right. So at a Baptist college. Do you feel like like that's this... um, you know, because you find a lot of kids that are, you know, in college, that's when you stop going to church if you went to church mm-hmm. all the time, right? And even in a Christian college. Yep. And you'll stop going to church because your parents aren't kind of making you. And don't you feel like that's a dark time for most kids anyway? There, There's like this, it's, it is, it's this valley you have to kind of go through, you know, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. But you go through that because on the other side, either your faith is stronger or you're just like, all right, it's not for me, yeah. you know? Is that kind of where you were, or was it something deeper than that? It was different from that, just because, I mean... Because you were pretty active. Like, you were in church and stuff. Yeah, but I think the hardest part, what kept me from being as involved in church at that time was even being in a college town, it was almost like we didn't fit in a church, Mm. especially because... They kind of, the church that I was a part of and other churches that we had I'd tried out and stuff like that, it was like college students are so fickle, they're transient, like they're not going to really right, be yeah. here. So we'll give you like pizza every now and then and have some fun stuff. But as far as like truly investing in you and like your relationship with God and growing you and things like that, there wasn't a whole lot of that. And then you graduate college and now you're like the single person at church, you know, yeah. or in that single group. And I wasn't Which is in as a, weird. That, yeah. That's just as weird. And I wasn't in a big city. So the churches didn't really have like singles ministry, which I mean, that's awkward anyway. Right, I don't right, really right. want to be a part right. of that. Um, just because that's not my personality, but it was almost like if you weren't married, if you weren't a family, if you didn't, you just didn't really fit. Like there wasn't really anywhere for you. It was super awkward and I think that more than anything kept me from being as involved in church hmm. as I probably, as I am now or as right. I was growing up is just because I don't want to say I didn't feel wanted or that we didn't feel wanted, but it's almost like you just felt like you didn't really fit. Yeah. It was just yeah. an awkward time. Yeah. So yeah. Did, were you struggling with your faith at that time or was it more of just, I just didn't fit in at church and I'm not in church and... Like when you're talking about a distance or, you know, your dark. I think it was kind of both um, because I can remember. I guess more, I guess more specifically, were you questioning things more? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, but also I just, like I can remember being in my very first apartment and trying to read my Bible one day and it was like, it just didn't feel like it felt before, like it just felt like I was so disconnected from God and I didn't really know how to reconnect. Like 
I don't know how else to explain it other than it just felt like a season of silence in a lot of ways. And that was really hard because I'd gone from really feeling like the Holy Spirit was, I mean, thing after thing, like you're going to go to school here and you're going to do this and, you know, feeling like super close to him to just radio silence. And that was really hard. And I don't know why, like, I don't know what exactly caused that season or if that season of my life was just there to, I don't know, make me appreciate a relationship with the Holy Spirit more. But I definitely think that not being involved in a church and not having like my core group of kind of Jesus friends was not there at that time. And so I didn't have like that community of people to build off of either. So it was kind of a lot of different components into one. So you're 22, you're single, you're in a, your own apartment now. Mm-hmm. When does, when do you feel like you started feeling like the darkness started pulling back and you felt, Ooh. you know, um, was that a longer season? Yeah, like it was, it felt really long. Um, Definitely my first couple of years of teaching, I felt that way. And then when I left and came home to Jasper, um, gosh, I'm trying to remember. I think that is when, um, no, even after that, when I was in Beaumont and stuff, I still wasn't very involved in Mm -hmm. a church or um, around the community. One of my very best friends, Kelly, she lived in the area at that same time. And so that helped me some kind of get back on track because we would, I guess if you're going to say I had an accountability partner in anybody, it would be her. And so she would kind of push me and remind me and, you know, keep feeding into me and pouring into me whenever, um, I really couldn't do it for myself. So that helped a lot. But I would say even after, That, when I moved back to Jasper the second time, um, and Justin and I had gotten engaged, we we got involved in a church, and um, I had some friends at that church from college, and so that community aspect started again, and so I kind of feel like that's when it started lightening a little bit. Right. I mean, that's a pretty good... Yeah, it was a good chunk of... Pretty good chunk of time. And I feel like everybody kind of goes through that, too. So... Did you feel, did your faith shake at that time or was it just radio silence or is it, or is it both? Both. Um, I think my faith shook because it felt silent. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then I started questioning. Cause you heard for a while and then all of a sudden there's nothing. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Why did and I it's hear? like, yeah. do you really believe what you say that you believe? Right. Um, or do you just believe these things because that's what everybody tells you and that's what you've grown up thinking is right. Hmm. Um, and so I think, I think my faith started shaking because it felt silent. Gotcha. So when do you feel, cause I'm going to get to the other piece of this, but I feel like I want to press just a little bit or ask like, when do you feel like, like this deeper, cause you and I have talked before of, uh, just, just the deeper things of like Holy spirit. When do you feel like that deeper sense or, um, I wouldn't even say understanding because who can understand it, right? But like this, that deeper, the deeper waters, I would say, Mm -hmm. of like Holy Spirit. Like when do do you feel like that began to increase for you? Hmm. Um, Or was it deep and then it went radio silence and then got deep again? Or was it after the silence or? I think. Does that make sense? I I hope. Yeah, no, it does. It does. I'm just trying to think. Like, I think, I don't know that it was deep, like, super deep okay. to begin with whenever I first kind of started having a relationship with God. But there was definitely, like, like I felt like the Holy Spirit yeah. would prompt me and say things to me. But I feel like the older that I've gotten, um, I guess Justin and I had been married about, 
two years when um, Adam and Skirch. Yeah. And that, I don't know. And we were just going through a lot together in our relationship then and kind of struggling with some stuff. And that's when it just kind of hit me of like, I either believe or I don't. Yeah. And so I really started digging into that. And when you're at that place and you're just like, man, I was struggling a lot with like, did I cause the miscarriage? Like, is there something I did wrong? Is there something, you know, all the different things. And so I was dealing with a lot of, I guess, guilt and shame and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I didn't know where else to turn at that time. So I just really started digging in and praying and asking God to, I mean, if you're real, like show up, I'm so tired of trying to pretend like you do, like just show up. And ever since that point, I think things have just gotten closer and closer. Um, we, I came to pursued, Mm -hmm. uh, at the ranch and that, I just kept thinking that's going to be like this, this big, like mm-hmm. life changing thing. And for me, it really wasn't. It was more of just a mind shift of me of, I don't have to like earn God's love anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I can just accept it. Yeah. And that was, that was huge. And I feel like that has, that changed a lot of things is just learning how to receive God's love, receive people's love instead of trying to constantly be good enough to earn it. And so I feel like ever since then, it's just gotten deeper and deeper. And um, I don't know, maybe it's just like age and wisdom and all the things, but never in my life before have I just felt like, you know, everybody talks about like there's nothing better than Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, but until. I don't know the last few years and I, I don't know what's made the shift for me, but like there is nothing right. better. Like right. there's nothing better. Do you think community does that for you as well? Cause I feel like even like you were saying like, early, uh, you know, out of college or whatever, and you're trying to find your way, like, you know, you found Kelly again, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that was your, like you say, accountability, but it, it's, you know, she was probably leaning on you as much as you were leaning on her in a sense, right? Of, right, of, yes. It, yeah, it's accountability, but it's really just community mm-hmm. and finding people that are going to, you know, mm-hmm. you push each other along in that. Because that's what I feel. I feel like there's a part of our growth and our understanding on who Jesus is by seeing him and getting to know him better through people in a way to where mm-hmm. community surrounds you and then... Well, and intentional community, I guess. I I think I've told you this before too, but um, when you went on Quest, and that changed you, yeah. And we, being your family, all saw the change in you, and then that filtered over to like changes in Heather and changes in your kids and yeah. changes in Justin, changes in me. Like that filtered out, and right. I mean, I do. I think that you being obedient and going on that impacted a whole generation of our family. Right. Um, just because we saw the change and we saw the freedom that came with that and we started pursuing it too. And I think, um, like I think God uses the people around you to encourage you and to lift you up and all of those types of things. But it's also to like watch each other and to say like, if that person can change, if that person can get through such and such, then I can too. And, um, I think we're like, we're meant to live in community. We're meant to have people. And, um, even now, like on days I'm struggling or if I'm going through a hard season or something like that, like I know I have my people and, they don't live in my town, right. you know, very yep. few of them do, yeah. but that's the great thing about, I guess, cell phones is you just shoot a text and says, look, I'm struggling. Yep. I need prayer on this or whatever. And I know that people, I know that my people have my back and, yep. um, it just makes such a difference. And I think we're meant to live in community. 
and also, and you're, you know, you have experienced this too. I think there's also a level where the the deeper your community and relationship becomes, the more authentic it becomes, the more Holy Spirit's involved to where they start reaching out before you even reach out. Like mm-hmm. they're reaching out going, hey, just letting you know I'm uh, yeah. okay because I'm totally in this hole today. You know, yeah. like we're... It, you really just do become one with mm-hmm. your people and they know even before you know, or even ask or whatever. Yep. But. And there's lots of times where it's just like, I don't know why, but I can't get you out of my head today. Yep. So exactly. I'm right. praying for you. And, um, it always, it always comes at the right time. And I jokingly always call those like love notes. Like yep. that's when I know that like, not only do my friends know me well enough to know when something's going on because I have a really good friend, Liz. And, um, if I don't talk to her for a while, if I don't text, mm-hmm. if I'm not, cause we do like Marco Polo and stuff. Mm-hmm. And if she doesn't hear from me for a while, she's like, okay, what's wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you withdrawing? What's going on? And so, cause our people know us. Yeah. They yeah. just know us. Right. But in a lot of times with me, it's, if I just keep thinking about a person over and over, I know that that's the Holy Spirit prompting me to just right. check on them and, hey, what's up, you know. And it builds their faith, builds yes. your faith, because it makes everything so much more real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is faith, and it's, you know, sight unseen, things like yeah. that. But it, it becomes so tangible when you're just affirmed and confirmed in, oh, that was him. Yeah. putting. And I think the more often that you do that the easier it is oh, yeah. to be real and not just go, no, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. And to really say, look, I'm, yeah, I'm struggling or, um, I've got this that's weighing heavy on me or, you know, you know, Justin and I are not getting along or my kids are, yeah. I'm worried about my kids or whatever it might be. And to be more vulnerable, the more that you do that. relationship with them and love on them what does that look like for you like I know this last year as an assistant principal Mm -hmm. what did that look like because you're dealing with those kids that are you know about to step into the world you know outside of high school uh, into college or careers or whatever it looks like how do you show Jesus in those moments from your technique of mission work I guess is okay yep um Our church has, I guess you would say, kind of the motto or the mission statement is love God, love people, do kingdom work. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest thing that you can do and the best way that you can show them Jesus is to just love on him. Mm -hmm. Um, And high school is so different from elementary school. And you talking about, you know, these being the kids that were like launching out into the world because they're going to college or you know, jobs or whatever it might be. That made it even more fun, but also meaningful to me because Mm -hmm. you could be really real with them. Right. And you didn't have to like dumb it down or anything like that. Like you could just have conversations about, I see you, you know, I see what you've been through. I see, um, what you're struggling with. I see you, trying to make the decisions of do I follow kind of my parents' path or do I follow my own path? And what it boiled down to for me, what I realized really this last year is we all just want to be seen and Mm -hmm. valued. We just want to know that somebody cares. And when, when they know that you care, that opens up conversations and relationships and, it kind of builds a bond there. And when they realize that you legitimately care, like I would get questions about, well, why are you not extra? Like, why are you not tough on me when I mess mm-hmm. up? Well, because we all need grace. Right. And I don't think that you have to, I don't think that you have to like quote scripture at them to yeah, show them Jesus. Right. And just teaching them, like, we all make mistakes. We all fail, but there's grace and there's mercy for us. And, you know, you just have to be willing to accept it. And a lot of the kids, I think, just came to know that I cared about them and I loved them and I tried to 
build relationships with them and be close with them because I love Jesus. So what does that look like with like the kids that, that did need like they had, you know, like there, there's got to be that not. beautiful balance, right? Of there's the um, hard part of, okay, you have consequences here oh, because. Yeah. But a lot of that just came through conversations of like, hey, I, I had proven that I cared about them because I would show up, I would um, talk to them on a random Tuesday, you know, like I, I tried to care and ask questions and invest in their daily life so that when something happened, so when, you know, they made a bad choice or I had to give a consequence, they knew that I was doing it out of love and care for them. And so I'd always try to communicate that with them. Um, I can think of... Were you the disciplinary? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they were coming, every kid that did whatever, they knew. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And... um. I mean, there were kids that I got to be super close with and they would get caught with a vape at school or get into a fight. And you still have to hand those consequences down. Like you can't take it easy on them just because you love them. Like you have to hold them accountable for those actions, but communicating that with them that, Hey, I'm I'm holding you accountable and you're going to have a consequence because I love you, because I care about you. And I think by having invested in them in building relationships with them from the get-go, that that helped me when consequences had to come down. But also like just being honest, um there are days that I was having a hard day or you know I had been at ball game duty until like midnight the night before and you get up at four 30 the next morning and it's just a lot and you're tired. And so you're stressed out and all the things. And so if I snapped at a kid, if I wasn't as kind or friendly as I normally was, if I, Mm -hmm. I made the effort to go back to them and say, Hey, I should not have been this way. I messed up. I think those type of things speak volumes to kids who their home life, all they know is the beat down. Mm -hmm. And even though they felt like they got a beat down from Miss Williams the day before or whatever, or the end of the day, you're coming back to them. And, um, but do you also feel like they reciprocate to you where they see you? Like even the kids are like, Miss Williams having a hard day. Yes. <laughs> right. Because then, yeah. the, then the the ministry reverses and comes back mm-hmm. to you, and they're giving you grace and showing yes. you. Yes. And I I think I have one of those faces that I can't really hide it if I'm having a bad day. Right. Um, right. Even if I, like, fake smiled, they kind of knew that something was going on because um, there were certain ones in particular that would always come up and, you know, are you okay? Are you having a bad day? Mm-hmm. Um, and – or even – the ones that would kind of joke and kind of like push the boundaries mm-hmm. of like, Oh, I'm going to be a little annoying or whatever. Um, they would say, I can tell you're not feeling it today. So, you know, hope your day gets better and I'm keep walking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think, but it all comes down to like having a relationship with them. Right. It's all about putting yourself out there and getting to know them and letting them get to know you. And I mean, that's how you build those bonds to where, you know when somebody's having a bad day and you know when somebody needs encouragement. Do you feel like when you went in, because I know you were super stressed about going into that job because mm-hmm. that was you were kind of pushed into that, not, hey, I really want to be assistant principal at yeah. the high school, right? <laughs> so you got pushed into that. But do you feel like a big part of your hesitation or that angst in going into that was it's really easy to have that with kids, little kids, elementary, because yeah. they're like, oh, Ms. Williams, we they love you so love much. You. And these kids, like, you're going to have to build something. Mm-hmm. And not it's not going to be automatic. And there's going to be some kids that are way out in left field on this thing of relationship because I don't trust adults anyway. Right. Why would I? You know? Right. And do you think, feel like that was a big part of your angst because of relationship and you? Yeah. I mean, that? I 
I have little kids. I've always worked at an elementary school. Um, nieces and nephews, like, yeah, they were mm-hmm. teenagers, but it's not like I was having to parent them or right. discipline them or anything like that. And so I didn't have a ton of connections with teenagers in my life at that point. And so it's hard to know how to relate to them sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um they can be a little intimidating, right? you know, but, and I was, I was really, I was really scared about taking on that job just because I felt unprepared. Like I, I just, I didn't have that experience before. And so I felt really unprepared, but I distinctly remember driving to school one morning, um, right after I found out that I was being moved and just, try not to cry and praying like God just change my heart or change my circumstances. Mm -hmm. That's all I can ask for. And literally by the end of the day, it was like my heart started changing and I started feeling like, but, but even then the whole time I was going, well, I mean, I really (laughs) meant could you change my circumstances? (laughs) Uh, but it was like certain kids would come by and, you know, we'd talk or get to know each other a little bit more, day after day after day and it was like okay this is not as scary as yeah. intimidating as I thought it was going to be so yeah so going back to something at the first you were talking about is like losing like you know you go off to college you're trying to find yourself do you mm-hmm. you feel like now you've you know you've got a year underneath your belt you've grew to love a lot of kids at your high school they're they've now graduated you know some of those were seniors They've graduated now, and you're. What do you? Mm, what do you feel a responsibility to some of those kids too? Now that they're out in the world of still trying to lead them a little bit, trying to still disciple them, guide them a little bit. Yes. Do you feel that? Um. And what, is was, that, what do you think <laughs> that's going to look like? Do you? Well, it's really funny because the ones that I think I I got the closest to, and built the deepest relationships with like the day after graduation, I think I had like five or six Facebook friend requests from them. And it was like those connections of, they wanted to stay in touch. And so, um, and even a few that after graduation or whatever, you know, here's my number, please, Mm -hmm. you know, if you ever need anything, call me, text me, reach out to me. Like you're not alone. Like you're not by yourself. And, um, so I try to check on them like once a week, just kind of send a text that says, you know, you still laugh, yeah. <laughs> anything you good. Um, that sort of thing. And then living in a small town, you see a lot of them regularly. So just trying to kind of stay in touch and still be present there. But, you know, it's, it's a fine line, especially with kids like that, that, if they're not super close to their parents or maybe there's not a parent in the picture at all, you know, you don't really want to, I don't want to take on that role of being somebody's, I don't want them to think that I'm trying to be their mama, you know? Um, but just, I'm not trying to replace anybody. I guess that's what I should say. I don't want to replace anybody, but I want to be somebody in their life that they know they can depend on and that they always have somebody. Yeah, because so. I've well, that was a big part when I taught at Masonic Home in school because you know a lot of those kids did not have a parent figure in their life or um, however you want to put that. But then I have you know I just did a um, a podcast with a kid that I taught a long time ago now, and uh, another one that um, I was able to baptize and things like that. And so one of the things that um, one of those young men told me was that I wasn't trying to replace her dad. I was just pastoring them. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's that role you play as a pastor, not as a parent, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's what I feel the responsibility, um, for and to, uh, a lot of those guys that, you know, they're some of them about to turn 40, which is crazy to think, but like those kids are, um, they saw me not as this daddy figure. Like I just got worried about that a lot of times. Like, I don't want to be your dad yeah. or, you know, take, cause a lot of them still had great parents, you know, it wasn't yeah. like, 
that, but I didn't want to be their parent. And it just became very, and I'm glad that he told me that is it wasn't a parent, it was a pastor. And so that's just, I I didn't know your take on that. Like this was your first year of that real, you know, I mean, you've had kids that's graduated because you taught them early on and they've moved on, but Mm -hmm. this is that first of they're almost adults anyway. Yeah. And now you get to walk with them into adulthood and then to their next, you know, season of life or whatever. And some of them are like such genuinely good, funny people. I mean, you want to be friends with them, but I mean, then there's that fine line. Well, I mean, we can be friends now, (laughs) but I was still your assistant principal. So it's just kind of a weird, it's a weird dynamic, but I think it, all just boils down to being there for him right. and caring about him. And I think <laughs> one kid in particular, he would always say, you just ask so many questions. And one day I said, well, why do you think I ask so many questions? He said, I know it's just because you care. And I thought, well, good. Yeah, like they realized that, you know, I care and I I ask them stuff and try to prompt them into thinking about things because I care about them. And I want them to know that they always have some money. So how do you think, what do you think this changes from you as a mom and how you're raising your girls? Has it shifted that a little bit in seeing? Um, yeah, I think it's made me realize how, how lucky my girls are number one that they have two parents that are involved and genuinely love them and that they have you know you guys and strong family members around Mm -hmm. them and stuff that are going to care about them and point them to Jesus but um it's also made me want it's kind of helped me to expose them to the fact that not everybody has a great and happy life um there was one that our family connected with and, you know, kind of helped out throughout the year in different ways. And so getting to have the conversation with them of, you know, this is what, this is what it looks like to be Mm -hmm. Jesus to people is to show up and provide and, um, encourage and care about people. And it's just, it's opened a lot of conversations about why do we do the things that we do for people and, you know, why is it important to to care about people and love people? It's because that's what we're called to do. Right. I mean, that's what Jesus would do. And so I think it's just unsheltered them a little mm-hmm. bit to yep. see that not everybody has the life that they yep. have. And it's our job to circle up and love on people as much as we possibly can. I mean, that's the part that I see the most for the girls is like, you know, sheltering or unsheltered, whatever, however Mm -hmm. you want to look at it has become kind of this dirty word. But like, I feel like that kind of exposure because you still are able to have boundaries, but just them being exposed to older kids who they're going to see all different kinds. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and be around enough to see life as a high school kid and a little bit of what that looks like just helps them have a better understanding when they get there. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's what I saw with our kids too, with, you know, Lane growing up with kids in my ag, you know, department and things like that, where she was exposed to a lot of cool things, but also just, you know, some broken things and had, mm-hmm. you know, these great conversations that really are, you know, just, they, they run right alongside scripture where you can really have a, a good Bible study without talking about Bible study yeah. stuff, you know, and just really showing and, yeah. Jesus, you know. And I mean, there were times that my girls would see me cry over kids at school and right. situations at school and things like that. And, you know, we would have to talk about why does that, why does that make me sad? And, you know, what happened to make me sad and feel these emotions mm-hmm. for this other person and how, when you care about somebody and you're invested in them, like these are, these emotions go along with it. These feelings go along with it. And, I think that that's been really eye-opening, but also to just, again, to go back to community. Um, we live in a small town, and yeah. 
all of the teenagers work at either the Sonic or the grocery store. And so there was one day we could run into the grocery store after school. And I mean, there's like four or five of the high school kids right Mm -hmm. there checking out and bagging and all the things. And they're all talking to me and talking to the girls and, we walked out and Harper said, Mama, it's like you're famous because you have all these yeah. high school friends oh, now. Yeah. And so we talked about that's that's what living in community looks like. That's what, mm-hmm. you know, having relationships with people, that's what you build. Yep. Like you, it's not that you're famous, but you've made connections because with Because the girls... I mean, how cool is it to have high school girls come and know you, you know, like, like you do feel famous, but it's just, it really is the thing that we're desired to be seen. Yeah. And even at the girl's age, they desire to be seen and they they will put, yeah, we're looking, feel like we're famous because that's the way, you know, Hollywood would put Mm -hmm. a spin on something, but it really is about being seen and that helps. I mean, that helps self-esteem that helps so much because these older girls, these older guys that they look like grownups, except they're super cool. Right. Are saying, what's up Emerson, you know, and, yeah. and calling them by name. And that's just a really, a really cool thing. Um, vision for the future. Like, what do you see? Do you feel hear, see like for this next year specifically? Cause you are the big dog here. Gosh, I don't know what they were thinking, but um, I really don't um I almost just kind of want to go along with the ride because you know this last year was not anything that I would have ever 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 picked but at the same time it was like God knew so much better than I could have ever imagined and the friendships and the relationships and the bonds that were built I would have missed that if I would have chosen what happened to me last year, you know, like I would have missed out on all those things and I don't want to miss out on those things. So I kind of almost feel like I'm just along for the ride. Um, but as far as like a vision for my teachers and my students this year, especially like our school in the past, I don't know, I've been there 10 years, probably the last like seven or eight, we've been in the news a whole lot and different things like that. And I just, I want to open a new chapter to Mm -hmm. where all of that's in the past. And I want them to know that they're loved and they're valued and they're seen. Like that's, that's all it boils down to is relationships. And that's, I'm not a big like rah, rah, you know, cheerleader person. Like it matters more to me to have deep relationships with people because I, I think that's so valuable. I think that that's where true life is found. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I want for all of them too. Right. Like I want those teachers and I want those students to have the experiences that I had with kids last year of getting to know them and getting to build these bonds that like change lives, change my life, you know? Right. Um, and hopefully impacted some kids and maybe changed theirs for the better. I hope I want, I want my teachers and my kids to have those same experiences. So it's a lot of building relationships. I'm going to go back and pull year. that little soundbite out because that little phrase, and I, I can't even recall it all now, but there was like three words or whatever. And be seen like, that's a good mm-hmm. teacher in service start of the year, yeah. like theme, you know, just like they have that on a banner. Like if you do these things, great. This is yeah. what we want, you know? So one of the things, and this is like a total tangent, I guess, but, um, one of the things that I want to do is I heard in an in-service a long time ago that what this principal did was he printed out pictures of every kid in that school, which it was a small school, right. printed out pictures of every kid and all the teachers had different colored stickers. And one color was like, I have a deep relationship with this kid. I know this kid was another color. And then I don't know this kid was mm. a different color sticker. And you had to walk past every kid and put a sticker on there of like, do you have a bond with this person? Do you just kind of know who they are? Or do you not know this kid at all? And so then they looked at all of the kids' pictures and the kids that had the most stickers that nobody had a bond or relationship with them 
okay, like these are your projects this year. These are the kids that you're meant to get to know. I want to, I want to change that up a little bit. So one of the things that I'll do with my teachers, um, every kid will have a page, like a blank page, and it's going to have the kid's picture and their name. And we're going to take time during in-service back to school. And if you know something about that kid, you're going to write it on that paper, like this kid loves fishing or this kid, you know, lost his mom when he was six or whatever it might be. And I want us to go around to each kid and, you know, maybe this kid responds well if you give him a break before you talk to him or, you know, this kid needs tough love. Like he responds better to tough love. Like I want us to show what we know about these kids. And then, um, all throughout the year, every six weeks, we kind of have a planning day and I want us to come back to it. And I want us to be able to add to those sheets about those kids. Because then I also thought about if there's a kid in my class that I'm really struggling with to make a connection, Mm -hmm. I can go look at that sheet because I'm going to put them in a notebook and put them in my office. Um, that teacher can come pull that kid's paper and look at it and see, okay, you know, Mr. Smith has a good bond with this kid, so let me go ask him how I can make a connection with him. Or, okay, I see this well, maybe kid. maybe something's going on that yeah, the kid's already yeah. talked to him about, um, right? Or I see this kid loves basketball. Okay, well, I can talk to him about basketball and try to build a connection there. I just want us to to get to know our kids. And sometimes that's as simple as asking somebody else what they know about them right. and building off of that. So, cause that's building community without. Yeah. So that's, know, that's a, that's a down. goal. That's, that's a good. goal. It's good that's good what we're going to start with. So. That's really good. I'm excited for you this year. Thanks. Me it's going to be awesome. Well, thanks for doing this. Sure. Uh, it is time for Fast and Furious because I end out the podcast that way. So I hope you're ready. I know okay. you're a little bit nervous. A little bit. Gotta I'm not put, sure what you're going to ask. i to put my readers on. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to double down on yours. Yours okay. is going to be a little ready. Okay. So all you're going to do is you're going to answer as quick as you can. Okay. Don't think. Just answer. Marvel or DC? Marvel. Dumbledore or Gandalf? Dumbledore. Tolkien or Tol- or Roland, J.K. Roland. Roland. Spider-Man or Thor? Spider-Man. Barefoot or shoes? Ooh, shoes. Office or Parks and Rec? Office. Ooh, rap or rock? Rap. Beef or chicken? Chicken. Peter or Paul? Ooh, Paul. Okay. Elvis or the Beatles? Neither. <laughs> oh, football or basketball? Football. King College James. football. Okay. King James or NIV? NIV. iTunes or Spotify? iTunes. B for chicken. Oh, I already did that. Yeah. Did I say? Yeah. Uh, 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 pizza or tacos? Tacos. Acoustic or amped up? Acoustic. Beach or the mountains? Beach. Thank you. I love you, sure. Leslie. Love you too. Thanks for doing this. Absolutely. It wasn't as bad as I thought. It's not. <laughs> Bye.